But for us, Pinterest has actually really come to the front at the moment. It's getting better results than I, I, I feel like there are mistakes. I'm like, is this, are these the numbers really? It's the current topic in, uh, in our marketing teams at the moment, it's just in terms of a different avenue for us. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Now, before we get stuck into today's cool interview, a massive thank you to Giles Smith from the Sustainable Ecom podcast for the intro to this episode's brilliant guest, Thank you, Giles. And if you are on the journey to making your e-commerce business more sustainable, do go and check out Giles's podcast. It's called Sustainable E-Commerce. Just search for it and you'll find it. It's well worth a listen. Now, in this episode, we are chatting with the founder of two coffee-focused brands who is brought sustainability deep into their mission. We will be talking about balancing the different routes to market that you can have as an e-commerce business. He'll be sharing some excellent marketing tips when we get to the top tips. And he'll be talking around how they balance the vision of the business, the mission of the business, if you like, with driving those sales and so forth. Lots of, of interesting, inspiring and interesting reminders coming up in this chat. Now, Make sure you listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on my guest top tips, including that brilliant marketing piece of advice and my own take on this episode. Are you tying up capital with goods that take months to arrive? Let Trade pay your supplier invoices for you and then pay them back up to four months later. No security, no dilution, no more cash flow headaches. Pay only a transparent flat fee with each financed invoice. Learn more or apply to see if Trade can help your business grow at ecmp.info forward slash trade. That's ecmp.info forward slash T-R-E-Y-D. So that's Trade spelt T-R-E-Y-D. And now to introduce today's special guest. Saxon Wright is chairman and co-founder of two B Corps, Pablo and Rusty's Coffee Roasters, supplying mainly wholesale but also D2C and subscription via their Shopify store, and Husky, creators, designers and sellers of beautiful and practical products made from waste. Saxon's been improving the coffee drinking of Australians since 2006, and the combined revenue of the two businesses is on track for $2 million a month by the end of this year. Hello, Saxon. Chloe, hi. Great to be on the show. Brilliant to have you here and congrats on the success of your businesses. It must be brilliant to be running two such successful operations. Oh, thanks. It's it's great. I mean, it's it's certainly something that doesn't happen quickly. It, it's nice to be recognised at a certain point, but it's certainly been a, a long journey to get to where we are now. And let's talk about that journey. How did you get into e-commerce? Certainly e-commerce wasn't the goal. In fact, I'd uh, I'd hazard to guess that e-commerce didn't even really exist when we first started. It's something that's that's grown and evolved, and it's been really good to to watch e-commerce as a as a process come to, come of age. Um, it, my journey began back in coffee, uh, selling coffee and working with cafes, and and over time it's evolved, and and e-commerce has just become one of the tools that has really enabled us to you know, facilitate that growth for us over time. It's a really important part of our business now, and it's it's critical for our, our ongoing growth, but it's been certainly a transition for us over time. And it's 
Pablo and Rostis, if I'm right in saying, that's the first business you took into the e-commerce space, starting to sell direct to consumers. Was that the experience you had with that? Did that help define how Huskies came about with its roots to market? Oh, absolutely. The learnings that we had through Pablo and Rusty's were incredible. It, it really gave us a lot, a lot of insights. We were fortunate enough to have a, a good and stable business that we could make a lot of mistakes in e-commerce and, and learn as we go. And so we actually started doing e-commerce uh, probably five or six years ago. And, you know, obviously through COVID, like a lot of businesses, that it really started to to take off through that period. Uh, but for us, it was great because we'd, we'd sort of cut our teeth. We'd learnt a bunch of things that we thought would, would help us and, and the, through trial and error could make a better experience for end consumers using that that, that method. So, uh, yeah, it's it's come of age. And so for, for Husky as a, as a much younger business, having that history and that understanding certainly enabled us to fast track and, and move at scale uh, much quicker. Definitely linked and the learnings have, have cross-pollinated for sure. And um, Saxon, in the intro, I was very vague about what Husky actually does. I uh, describing you as creators, designers and sellers and that you're, you're creating products for waste, but I haven't really explained what you do. So what is the product that you're selling at Husky? Sure. Look, I like the description. I thought that was great, to be honest. Um, but yeah, at a, at a simple level, it's it's a coffee cup and that's that's our core and our beginning product. Um, and it's made from waste. So we saw a problem at coffee farms and the husk, which is the outer shell of the coffee bean, you drink the, the seed or the inner bean. Uh, but before you get that, you get this shell and that, that that's a, it's called husk. And what we've managed to do is actually take that as a as a waste product and create a cup out of that at the start of the process. And, and the goal was to work towards eliminating single-use cups at a cafe level. But the product itself is is the cup, and that's ultimately what we're selling via our e-com stores and, and through our wholesale partners. So, yeah, so Husky is is ultimately a cup that we have created out of waste and that we that we sell through our partners internationally now and through our various e-commerce channels that we have. Obviously, I, I, I suppose, you know, you said the mission was to reduce single-use coffee cup in coffee shops specifically. So was was it always going to be a two-pronged wholesale D2C attack for this brand to get consumers bringing in their own cups and to get coffee shops using reusable cups rather than throwaway? Was there, was the two-prong always part of your mission? No, if I'm honest, it, it wasn't initially. So initially, we really wanted to solve the waste problem at, at the farms. However, we, one of the ideas that we're toying with was well, what, what about solving a waste problem that cafes are facing. And so the two ideas merged over a period of about a year. And and as we looked to design the product, we really wanted to understand who the end user was, what their needs were, and, and where the problems were. And, and what we saw was this massive waste problem at, at a cafe level with billions of single-use takeaway cups hitting landfill and, and heading out to sea and, and other damaging areas. And so really, it was this, this pipe dream to see if we could solve the two problems at the same time. And we thought, well, let's let's have a go at that, and so that's what we set out to do. And and ultimately, you know, we're we're still early in the journey, but that's what we're trying to tackle. And using our product and our our various sales strategies to improve how cafes can serve customers and make it as easy as possible to not use single use. Reading between the lines of your um of your answer there, Saxon, and do tell me if I've gone way wider the mark on this one. It seems to me you're probably doing quite a bit of education within that marketing 
activity, like educating the shops on how to use reusable better um, and educating consumers on how to make the switch. So does the vision mean you're going a little bit bit wider than the straightforward buy, buy, buy messaging in your marketing? Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a really good point. One of the things that we do have to do is that user education piece and user behaviour change and helping people understand that actually a behaviour change is, is critical. What we have found, though, is that a lot of people buy our product because they like the design or they like the look of it or they like the story, um, and they're not thinking of all of the complexities of that. So we, we still need to meet consumers where they're at and, and take them on a journey over time. And what we like to do is help them understand the various benefits of the cup over time and, and ultimately yeah, help them understand how they can not just buy a cup and use it at home, but how they can take it to a, a cafe and have it as a reusable, but even more, they could participate in our swap system that we've created, which actually facilitates an even greater level of user experience, both for the, the user themselves, uh, the, the, the coffee drinker, but also the cafe owner and actually facilitating a better experience. And so in doing that, the cafe owners have actually really got on board because they can see the benefit and the efficiencies and the, the advantages for them as a business. So that helps. They become our advocates as part of this process. Cool. I'm going to come back to the highly intriguing swap system in a second. So listeners, don't worry. I'm going to ask them about it. But first off, it sounds like the majority of the education and the training, if, if you like, that content comes post-purchase rather than pre-purchase. Would it be fair to say that? Look, in most instances, that's true. A lot of customers do actually buy from the cafes themselves and, and join the, say, the swap system or they just like the product and want to buy it. But for a lot of customers that buy direct from us through our online stores, that's when we try and educate them and say, hey, there's actually more value to this product than just it just being a cup. It's actually part of something bigger. And so, yeah, we take them on that journey as best we can and, and through our you know various marketing channels that we have to s support that sort of post-sale process. Nice. Okay, let's talk the swap system. What on earth is it, Saxon? Please explain. Yeah, it's a look, it's an interesting idea. And, and it comes about from this, this idea that for a cafe, it's really tricky when people bring their own cup, which is great. And there's definitely an advantage and we still encourage that. But it, it becomes problematic when a lot of people bring their cups in and they're either dirty or the, the coffee machine is far away from the till or there's other operational issues that make it quite challenging. And so what we did is just come up with an idea of saying, well, actually, if you could hand in your cup and instead of getting the same cup back, you get a cup that is is hygienically cleaned, commercially cleaned by the cafe, and they can actually just use the same system they use for a standard takeaway cup. So what we've tried to do is mimic the, the single-use takeaway process, uh, but with a with a cup that actually is far more sustainable and actually just a better drinking experience as well. So the combination of those things really supports the cafe and it, and it actually makes things more streamlined and quicker for the consumer as well. It's, it's a simple system, it's free, and it, it just enables people to eliminate that waste in a, in a pretty straightforward process once they get used to it. Got you. That makes so much sense. So if I'm someone who works, we'll say in the centre of Sydney, I, I can dream, um, <laughs> who is, you know, going to the same coffee shop every morning for their coffee they hand in yesterday's mug or their afternoon mug if they're going multiple times a day and they get a fresh mug back simple as that yeah that's it it's really just as a, a straight swap and and i think that the key for consumers is you're not getting the same cup back so you have to let go of this idea that it's yours you now you own a cup not this cup and and that's probably the the mental hurdle that some people have to take. But once you get over that, I think it's it's relatively straightforward. And and we're finding people often buy two or three cups as a result of this because they keep one in the car, they might keep one in the office, 
uh, and they, they have a few of them around. And so it's actually decoupling from this ownership of a specific product to being part of a, a broader sharing system. And actually, people, once they get used to it, are quite on board. A few people have issues with the hygiene or they think they're not, you know, it's not being treated the same way. But the reality is it's going through commercial dishwashers and people use dining cups all the time. So it's effectively the same thing as that. Yes, yeah, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like, because we'd be perf- we're perfectly happy if we're drinking in to go in and take a china mug. And we wouldn't question the cleanliness or the hygiene factor of that. And we're perfectly happy, or historically, we've all been perfectly happy to take endless disposable cups that aren't the one we bought in. It's, it's quite, it's an interesting shift in the psyche and kind of leveling out of these conflicting, weird conflicting ideas that us humans can manage to come up with. I haven't heard of anyone doing that in the UK other than the occasional individual coffee shop. So um, I hope it's going to take on, which actually brings us to, now you're based in Australia, but you've, you've said you're, you're selling internationally. So is that a big, a big part of the aim is to take this, these brands beyond Australia? Yeah, the coffee business is still only in Australia, but the Husky business is now in, I think, about 80 countries. So we're, we're pretty global, uh, which puts a lot of stress on the system. It's pretty painful, but good, just because of the import complexities or customs duties. There's a, there's a lot of learnings around shipping and uh, how, how to manage international freight, etc. But we manage our own direct e-commerce platforms in the UK, US and Australia. So they're the three areas that we have more control and, and better understanding of. And they're probably our three largest markets as well. So there are there are three core markets. And then, yeah, we work for distributors and, and other partners for all the other different countries that we supply to and support. So, Saxon, would you say those logistical challenges of going international are more or less challenging than balancing the needs of your D2C and your wholesale customers, which I know is kind of a massive question, but I guess in retrospect, which diversification would you have, would you have done first, the international or the D2C plus wholesale, which is easier? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, the reality is both are very different business models. They actually require a different skill set, different groups of people. It, they're, they're just so different. It's, it's fascinating how different they are, and that's been a real learning for myself to understand that we're, we're fundamentally running different businesses even though we have the same product. For us, there were certain elements of, of scale that we needed to get to, so we, we did push ourselves to get a certain volume out to make – the, just the economics makes sense at a production level, and that was critical for us. So we we kind of pushed ourselves to be to try and do all of those things. But the learnings for us really are that you probably shouldn't do that. I think even looking back, I'd probably choose one or the other and focus either on our distributor market or our e-com and direct model. They both have merit, and I think they both add value. Uh, I, I just think you have to treat them very differently. And I think the type of complexity shipping internationally and, and managing those relationships versus building the systems and processes to make a really good e-com platform work well requires a different sort of discipline. So, yeah, look, I, I think both are valid, and, and we probably could have ch- chosen either. I think we're in a good place now to manage both, but it's certainly been uh, you know, it's it's taken its toll, and there's been teething problems as we 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 push through it, and we're still having problems with on both. To be honest, like there's no perfect solution, and e- even with new solutions in the e-com space, and and new plugins, and new apps, and and different parts of the puzzle being solved, and different providers looking after different international capacities, um, it's getting better all the time. But it's it's there's still a lot of complexity to it. 
I think that, you know, two really key things I pick out from your answer there. One, they are very different business models. Everyone listening, they're very different business models, different teams, different skill set to do them well. That can never, I don't think that and the fact that, you know, a physical store is a different business model as well can never be reiterated too many times in our e-commerce world. And then, you know, that bit you're saying there essentially about continuous improvement and how a, you know a website or a business model is never finished there's always tweaks and changes to be made as you go along so looking to the to the future Saxon, maybe to the rest of this year maybe a little bit further beyond what's got you the most excited about what's coming up in your businesses in the in the coming months yeah so we we're continuing to push into new areas to try and see what possibilities there are so one example is in china we're looking to Tmall, so we're actually effectively launching a direct e-commerce play in china through that platform so there's a lot of learnings in that already i think we're you know started at six six thousandth page ranking or something so you know we're, <laughs> to try and climb up the, the page rankings is uh takes a lot of work and, and focus so we're on that journey now but every day the sales slowly tick up so that's kind of an interesting sales avenue that that's fascinating and and then the other side of the business really is we're leaning heavily into product development and product stewardship so by that i mean uh, new products what can we do with our current materialities and our our even new recycled materials that we're working with and then what other products can we make from those materials so recognize that we now have a pretty good distribution base what we want to do is leverage that and say okay great well what else what else can we supply into that uh, that that aligns with our vision and, and our mission that's that's beyond just the cups but there are other problems to solve so we're kind of trying to think of other avenues that we can explore that take into account the learnings that we have both in the distribution model, but also in our materiality and our design process. Well, team all, congrats and good luck. Uh, a complicated one to crack, but well worth trying to crack. The product dev side of it, does that start with the waste product as it did with Husky? We've got this problem with the husks. What are we going to do with them? I know, let's create a, a coffee mug. Or does it start with the end product that you know will work through your distribution network? I don't want you to have to reveal any of your ideas. Just <laughs> does it start with the waste item or does it start with the end product now as the business develops? It's a super interesting question because it's actually something we try and grapple with constantly. So for us, we, we do really think a lot about materiality. And so by that, I mean, what, what are those raw materials? And it's not necessarily just Husk. So we started Husky, obviously, is our brand name. So it's, it's pretty core to who we are. But what we've probably evolved in is our broader mission or mandate about what we, how we look at ourselves. And part of that is saying we want to take disused or waste materials in general and what can we do with those. And at the same time, we also have to have a market. So we have to also consider, well, who is our audience and what channels do we have available to us that we've already built that will facilitate that and, and how can we, we create change in a positive way at the front end uh, through our channels that we have uh, and so the design goes front to back and, and back to front we, we look they actually have to intersect and so there's this constant tension between materiality and sourcing the design process itself and who the end user is and then end of life of all materials so we we take responsibility for all the materiality at the end of life so for example we have a, a program called husky loop which is the collection of old husky cups and we turn those into new products so for example we've just released a dog bowl and the dog bowl is made purely from our old end-of-life cups. 
And so we want to have a, a stewardship principle running through all of our, our anything we design and make such that we can collect it back and, and make new products out of it. And so it's kind of a circular process for us, the, the iteration from materiality, design, end user, and then back to the next life of whatever that product might be. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Saxon, are you ready for the top tips? (laughs) Okay. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Look, tough to nail it down, but there's one that I go back to and it's called The Advantage. I wonder if it's been recommended before, but Patrick Racioni, I think is how you say it. It's just a book I go back to. It, it, it really gets you grounded back to your core values and why are you there in the first place? And it's, it's just something that I think is uh, foundational to everything I've done. Excellent. I don't think I've heard of that one before, which doesn't mean it hasn't been recommended before. We're on, what, 440-odd episodes now. But I'm not sure. I'm going to go and check that one out later. And I I love the idea of rereading a book that brings you back to that core. Always, always a good for a refresher. Uh, The traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, interesting one. Uh, it, it may not be the one I would have said uh, last year or the year before, but for us, Pinterest has actually really come to the front at the moment. It's getting better results than I 
I, I feel like there are mistakes. I'm like, is this, are these the numbers really? It's the current topic in uh, in our marketing teams at the moment, it's just in terms of a different avenue for us. So anyway, that's something that's topical for us at the moment that seems to be doing great. Nice. And is that Pinterest organic Pinterest ads or a mix of both, if you don't mind saying? It's a mix. So a lot of it we've just done ourselves and we're just dabbling in ads now. So we're still quite young in it. And it's still, don't get me wrong, it's still quite small compared to other channels, but it's just definitely something that we're looking closely at as a uh, as something that's new for us. Yeah, it does seem to be one of those untapped channels, which if you master it can be phenomenal. So um, so good, good luck with continuing the Pinterest journey. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Look, there, there is. There's a, there's a platform that we use uh, that I probably should get commissions for the number of people I've told about because I just can't stop talking about it. It's called Rike, W-R-I-K-E. And it's, it's, I guess it's similar to a lot of other collaboration tools or, you know, like Asana or Trello even. But for us, it's a really rich version of project management and, and collaboration. Uh, and it's, look, I don't know how I'd run the business without it, to be honest. It's a phenomenal tool. Excellent. Um, I, again, not one I'm sure I've heard of. So I'll, I love I love checking out another tool. So I'll have to go and have a look at that one too. Um, you're giving me lots to do here, Saxon. This is great. And finally, the carbon top tip. What's your favourite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce store? Again, another new one for us. And, and we, we try and do a lot of different things to, to reduce our, our footprint. But what we uh, are dabbling in now is actually returnable packaging. So Basically, when a product is, is sent from a, a 3PL, a, a warehouse centre, uh, it's typically getting packed into, into a standard shipper and then that gets disposed of. We're now working with a couple of companies to facilitate our goods being shipped in packaging that is already recycled in itself, uh, but it gets returned back to the warehouse and so facilitates elimination effectively of the shippers for our products, which is amazing. Excellent. Love that. Big cost saving one as well, I would imagine, in the in the long range range of everything. Uh, Saxon, thank you so much for being on the show. Before we say goodbye, could you please remind listeners where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah, great. Please look up Husky, H-U-S-K-E-E dot co is our site where you can find our products. I'm at Saxon at Husky dot co if anyone wants to to check in with me. Otherwise, just look me up on LinkedIn and you'll find me there. Uh, and pabloandrusties.com.au is the coffee business if you want to check that out. Marvellous. Thank you, Saxon. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been lovely chatting with you and um, it's thanks for being here. Thanks, Chloe. It's great. Thank you so much. So, key things I loved from that chat with Saxon. Um, I guess going in reverse order, Pinterest, if you can crack it, and it has its own special ways. It can be a great place to gain those sales. And the organic, there's a really big interplay between the organic and the ad side of things. So well worth exploring that one. But how, get some advice before you do it because it it has its own ways of behaving, does Pinterest. And if you if you learn how to do it properly, you will save yourself so much time and uh, money if you're playing around with the ads as well. Secondly, I think that kind of key point he made about it's different business models. Going international is a very different business model to staying selling in the existing country. Going wholesale rather than just D2C is a very different business model. So 
doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but go in with your eyes open. Understand it's different skill sets, possibly different people, different connections. It's going to be different marketing channels and so on and so forth and different needs and be ready to to manage those competing needs and find the right ways to, to deal with them. I know of at least one e-commerce brand who focuses on D2C for Christmas and focuses on wholesale the rest of the year. So you could split your manpower that way, but just be aware they are very different beasts. So be kind to yourself and acknowledge that. And very interesting to hear the Tmall expansion, the expansion into China. So um very interested to hear how that goes. And if actually if anyone listening um, is doing lots on Tmall, I'd love to have you on the show. You can um, apply via ecmp.info forward slash guest. And speaking of our lovely little short links, to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including our top tips, links to what we mentioned and more, go to ecmp.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode is. Put that straight into the URL bar because that's how a short link works. It won't work if you Google it. It won't work if you put the www in. So just go to that URL bar, type ecmp.info forward slash the number of this episode and you will go straight to the correct page on our website. When you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many other things I share to help you improve your business like our recent event about overstocks. Yes, we did a whole event on how to clear your overstocks and how to avoid them in the future too. And we did a whole month in March celebrating B Corp. So if you're interested in the whole B Corp thing, ecmp.info forward slash B Corp, all one word, and you will find our B Corp content too. But most of all, when you get to the website, please do sign up to the email list so you know about these things as they happen. So thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to carbon net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.